Okay, I think we can begin. Just one minute, really. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us for today for today's bot developer panel at TopGG. We're really, really lucky to have five different bot developers with us today. Um, so I'm gonna go from top to bottom. Um, so actually, I'm not really sure how to say your name. Is it Joan? Joan? <laughs> you can just call me Jonas. Okay, uh, Jonas. Um, so they're the founder of YAG, but they left the project eventually, and they're currently owning a really cool bot um, called Bot Loader. It has um, it, it's basically a programmable Discord bot. Do you want to quickly give me an introduction? Uh, of myself or the bot? Or... Yeah, yeah, of both. <laughs> of both. Um, well, I'm Jonas. Yeah, so I'm here to talk about Bot Loader. And it's essentially a programmable Discord bot, sort of like a serverless platform for Discord bots. Um, so you program scripts in TypeScript, and well, yeah. Yeah, thank uh, you. Those scripts. Hey, um, next we have I'm Rock. I'm just going to call you Rock throughout this. Um, so they're the owner of Welcomer. It's currently in 340k servers. And it is one of the most popular bots for obviously welcoming um, and, and basically greeting new members in your server. Um, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Hello. Uh, as you said, welcomer welcomes. If you can't tell from the name, uh, I've been pretty much the sole developer for it since it was pretty much made. And I've been programming for quite a few years now. Yeah, I totally remember using your bot before I made my own Discord bot, so very, very <laughs> old bot dev we have here. Okay, um, next we have Mr. Power Gamer. Um, so they're the owner of Lorita, which is a multi-purpose, multilingual Discord bot that offers uh, moderation features to over 2.2 million servers right now. Uh, do you want to give us an introduction? Hello, everyone. I am Mr. Programmer. BR. I am from Brazil, as you can tell from the nickname, and I'm the creator of Lorita, which is a multi-purpose Discord bot, which I made a long time ago, but now I'm here to talk about it. Thank you. Okay, um, next we have, is your name David? To, to beat, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, my name's David. Okay, um, we have David from Tatsu. Um, so Datatsu is currently in 1.5 million servers, and its mission is to connect and grow communities by building really interactive content um, on Discord. Um, and it's actually, I believe, um, becoming a game as well on a, on a mobile app. Um, do, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I'm David. Uh, we started Tatsu in 2016. Yeah, and we started the bot as kind of a community gamification platform. Um, basically, back then, we had our own gaming community. People didn't want to move to Discord, so we built a simple level system. And that apparently did wonders. So, you know, as time went on, we grew quite a bit organically. Um, more and more people started using Tatsu, and I think we probably pioneered the profile system you see on a lot of uh, Discord servers today. Yeah, on a lot of Discord bots. Um, for us, uh, we have since moved on from doing all that uh, leveling and gamification stuff to building a full game. 
that's uh, cross-platform across mobile and Discord as well. Yep. Thank you, David. Yeah, it looks amazing. I've, I've seen some of the artwork. It looks really, really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Um, next, we have Jamie, who's the owner of Aphrodite. It has grown really quickly in since 2020, um, and it is a mental health bot um, dedicated for you to basically write your diary and meditation and, and whatnot. Um, do you want to share really quickly, Jamie? Yeah, so I'm Jamie. Um, I started Aphrodite in early 2021, like about like that December 2020 to January 2021. Um, I officially like released it to the public as of February and like immediately it grew and I had to verify it. Um, as of right now, Aphrodite is like literally like a few servers away from 10k servers. Um, yeah, Aphrodite is meant to be a mental health resource tool. And um, it's constantly trying to add more resources to be able to help, like, every user, no matter what they're going through. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, everyone, for doing your intros. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to hop into some moderated questions. And then at the end, uh, like, halfway or so, we're going to do the questions in the thread. So if you have any questions, feel free to leave it in the thread that we linked in the announcement. Thank you. So we're going to start with, can you tell us about your bot? and what inspired you to create it? Let's start with um, I'm Rock. Uh, I've heard my microphone was a bit off, so it should sound much better now, hopefully. Uh, basically, what happened was I had a server. Well, it's my friend's server, really. Massive. Um, the other bots, really, just welcoming people just wasn't that great. Just text. I was like, hey, let's have images, because those are cool. So, I mean, at first it started off pretty small. It was just on our server. And then over time, people were like, hey, can we add your bot? So then I decided to make it public. Pretty much had to rewrite it because it wasn't made for multiple servers. And then since the last five years now, people have actually added it. Quite a few. <laughs> and really, it's just the case of I wanted to do stuff. None of your bots at the time actually provided that functionality, or at least well. And then I just made something that I can actually use. Thank you. Amazing. Um, Jamie, do you want to share about how it inspired you to create your bot? Sure. So um, at the time, there really weren't any like mental health Discord bots, like specifically for just mental health. It was mainly things like they had a hotline command and, um, or they just recommended seeking help. I wanted to make something that was solely for mental health and to be able to help users with that instead of it just being uh, like on the side. I wanted it to be the bot's main focus. So I that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing mission there. Okay, um, Jonas? Um, well, so as you know, I was the original creator of YAG. And one of the things that was interesting about that bot was the custom commands. If you've ever checked out the custom commands of YAGs, you will know that they are very, uh, well, you can pretty much do anything with them, but they are horrible to work with. <laughs> so I've always wanted to make something like that, but with a proper programming language or scripting language, right? So that's uh, what Boulder comes in. Yeah, fantastic. I've definitely heard a lot about um, YAGs, like not infamous, but like very famous. Um... 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very famous customized command system. And, and, it, and it seems very extensive and, and really cool, but can be difficult to work with. Um, okay. Yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> David, do you want to go next? Okay, cool. Uh, so I guess, man, this is a long story. So I think back then, um, you know, we were moving our gaming community from TeamSpeak and Skype all the way to Discord, but kind of like, you know, nobody wanted to join Discord because, hey, you know, it's a new platform. People were already used to TeamSpeak and Skype, of course, right? So we noticed that, you know, there was this cool bot called Mesix at the time, you know, they had a leveling system for their Discord server. So we realized that, hey, you know, there was an API that we could use to do fun stuff that you can't do on TeamSpeak or Skype. So we basically went to the Me6 people and we asked them, like, hey, you know, how do you guys do this? And well, they basically taught us how to do stuff. And we built the first version of Tatsu, basically kind of just a copy of Me6. But over time, we realized that, hey, we could add a lot of like images, image generation, you know, actual visuals to like Discord. And that's kind of how we started, you know, with like the profiles, with ethic badges and, you know, leveling up cards and all that stuff. Yeah, but of course, like, you know, over time as we grew, we realized that this does not actually make you money. But, you know, for the next few years, we just like paid for it out of pocket. And I guess we were about to shut down in 2019. Yeah, like too many people were using it. Uh, well, nobody was paying for it. So we were about to shut down and Me6 gave us some money to continue, right? And also a lot of our users, well, gave us a bunch of money as well. Say, hey, you know, try to make a business out of something like this. So at that point in time, you know, we were forced to kind of like pivot and kind of find a way to survive. And we built a full game into Discord you know, um, people could play pets, uh, customize their houses, and that actually made us some money. So that was kind of how we continued. We went from gamification to actual, like, building actual games. And, you know, we thought it would be a good idea to have a full RPG game, you know, uh, directly within Discord. And we that's kind of what we started building. Yeah, and that's where we are today, you know, building our cross-platform uh, type of uh, Discord and mobile game. Amazing story there. Thanks for sharing about like the struggles in 2019. It, it sounds really stressful. I think monetization is one of the more stressful um, parts of you know building any any project, not just a bot. Okay. Um, next, I'm gonna uh, pass it off to Mr. Power Gamer BR to to kind of wrap us up with this question. So uh, when I started using Discord in early 2017. I created a private bot to, for my Discord server that was for my Minecraft server. So I had a Minecraft server. So because we're trying to migrate to Discord because Skype sucks, everyone knows that. And at the time I decided, okay, let's migrate to Discord. So I created a bot because one of the things that I really like about Discord is that you could create your own bot. It was something that was officially supported. So I created a bot. One of the first features that I created was trying to synchronize chat between Skype and Discord because a lot of people didn't want to migrate to Discord because they thought, oh, it's a new thing. I don't want to use it just to talk with my, with my Minecraft friends. 
But I decided to keep going on Discord and I started developing new features to that private bot. Mostly stuff like, oh, welcome message or stuff like, oh, um, use a command and it creates like a fun picture with the avatars of the user in the server and stuff like that. And because I was developing new features that weren't related to my Minecraft server on that private bot, some people started asking me, hey, can I add your, your bot to my server? Because there's a lot of cool features that I want to use that would be useful on my server. So I started thinking, hmm, what if, what if I created my own public bot that anyone could use? And one of the reasons that a lot of people wanted to use my bot is that it was in Portuguese, because of course I'm from Brazil. My Minecraft server is also for the Brazilian audience. So my bot, my private bot also was. So a lot of people want to use my bot because it was in Portuguese, because at the time, while nowadays a lot of bots have multi-language support, at the time I think the only popular bot that had a Portuguese translation that was good was Tatsu, which at the time was called Tatsumaki. And so a lot of people want to use my bot. So I decided, okay, so let's create a public bot that anyone can use. And I called it Lorita. And that's the story how I created it. Thank you. Amazing, amazing story there. Okay, um, we're going to hop into the second question. So, okay, if you can't choose your own bot, what's your favorite bot? <laughs> I, I know this is going to be a controversial one. So um, let's pass it to David first. Well, this is a really easy question for me. For me, you know, because like I think our team, we abandoned the idea of like, you know, the profile systems or leveling systems quite a long time ago to focus on our game. Um, but we noticed that, you know, there are other bots kind of like doing a much better job than we are at what we used to do. So one of these bots is Pollux. You know, they have a really, really robust uh discord economy system you know great profile system you know lots of quests and a lot of really fresh new ideas that they are bringing to the table so i have mad respect for their team and kind of like they have really good ui designers i mean that's for sure like lots of animations i think they are pushing the idea of leveling systems global leveling systems especially to kind of like the next level, you know. So I would say Pollux is one of my go-to bots if you guys are looking for leveling bots. Thank you so much. I, I think I think that's great that despite like you originally owning the idea, you found like a bot that also has, has done something in, in a very like really, really good direction and stuff. Okay, I'm gonna pass it to Jamie. What's your favorite bot that's not your Discord bot? It's funny that you asked me this because my favorite bot is Mimu, um, genuinely. Um, even if I could list my own bot, I wouldn't. I really enjoy Mimu. Um, like, not only am I just, like, hashtag the community manager there, but also I play with my pet and I enjoy the system and I enjoy the events, even if I don't personally partake in them all the time. I think it's a really cute bot and I really love it, so... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pass it to Mr. Power Gamer BR. So while I don't use a boss than older than my own, one of the boss that I really like and inspire my work is Tatsu. Why? Because 
it is so well made. Every time that I see a Tatsu post, like those announcements that they do, I always think about how can we cancel Tatsu for being so professional and well made because they are just showing, hey, this is how a good bot is made. All of the other bots are trash. We do everything in a very professional and cool way. So I think that Tatsu is one of the like good bots that exist nowadays because it's so well made and professional, especially the graphics. The graphics are like chef keys are so good. <laughs> I, oh, I oh, actually, I, I totally agree. I was, I was looking for a competition when I was, when I was um, working on my bot and one of the, the, the stuff I guess is we kind of have adjacent is a pet system. And I was looking at your bot and I was like, wow, all the items and all the graphics and all the image generation must be so CPU heavy. <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree. Okay. I want to pass it to Rock. Um, what's your favorite bot? Well, uh, personally on my server, I don't really need that much because, I mean, doesn't really need, like, user engagement, for example, as my bot can do that. But, shockingly, some people here will know what it is, R Danny or Robo Danny, as I use it mainly just for moderation, really, as I, it has a solid moderation set of commands, like, moderation if they're spamming, for example. It is just reliable. And I know the person who made it, and it just worked for the last how many years since it was made. But if I had to say a more popular bot, I would really just say Tatsumaki, really, just because it's very nicely polished. And I do want to aim for that type of polish. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to pass it to Jonas to share um, his favorite bot. Uh, yeah, so this is an interesting one for me because I don't really use a lot of bots actually at all <laughs> so i kind of got panicked when i read this but uh i had to pick one i guess flower the flower bot oh what does Maybe. it do i've never heard um basically you buy flowers and you go them with the water command <laughs> that's that's the entire thing it's <laughs> kind of funny okay um yeah Okay, I'm going to hop into the next question. So uh, the, the next question is, in your opinion, what's the biggest misconception of being a bot developer? Um, uh, okay, uh, let's have Mr. Power Gamer BR share first. I think that is because like a lot of people think that like hosting and running a bot is easy and cheap. Because every time that your bot goes down, I think every bot developer can agree with this, like your bot goes down a lot of people come with to you and say oh but i can host host my server and i don't pay anything and my bot never goes down so that's why your bot sucks you can't keep it online because they don't know that like having a big bot is not that easy and you need to pay a lot of time because people use like those free hosts like heroku or glitch or stuff like that so they think it is free so it is so easy to host a bot but when you have like a big bot you need to pay a lot a lot of expenses in hosting and that running a bot's not easy too because you have like oh you need to do sharding oh sometimes discord have a random issue that only affects big big bots and your bot goes down and you don't know what to do you need to complain to the to the api team to them to see oh hey what's going on my bot can't is not online but at the same time, there's a lot of like small bot developers that like, oh, but my bot never goes down. That's why my bot is better than Lorit or is better than Tatsu or better than Welcomer or stuff like that. It just doesn't make sense. I think that's the biggest misconception. 
Yeah, thank you. I, I completely, completely agree. <laughs> yeah, um, hosting is very difficult and can get very pricey, especially at scale. Definitely something I'm struggling with a lot as well. Okay, um, Rock, do you want to share? Hello. Um, I think one thing people really just misconcept the most is that they can do everything. Whilst you can just say, I'm going to make a bot that does what every other bot does, you will simply realize there's a lot of stuff that every bot does. You, instead of focusing on like 100,000 commands, just focus on the few, which you can put a lot more quality and effort into, because you will quickly realize it will take a lot of effort to make it actually good. I'd rather sync with 10 good features than 100, which just suck. And especially for me, whilst I'm trying to rewrite everything, it's taken me how many months to say years to get it to a state where I'm like, this is good. Yeah, yeah, I think especially recently, um, in the past like year or two, there's been a lot of emergence of just like bots that's just dedicated to one thing that and they do that one thing really, really well. And Whereas in comparison before, people would just do like all every single type of thing and try to like get it to the best quality possible in every every kind of module. But I think it it gets very tiring and, and is a very large scope there, especially for like only a very small team of developers. Okay, um, I'm gonna pass it to Jonas. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I think. There's two answers. I, I want to say it's both. People say that it's simple and people say that it's hard. But I want to say that it's simple and hard because making a smaller bots that used by a smaller amount of people, it's simple, in my opinion. But once you get to the scaling stage, everything kind of falls apart very quickly. So I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jonas. Okay, I'm going to pass it to Jamie. Um, I think a lot of the misconceptions have been covered. I mean, I think a lot of it also stems from, like, people just think it's, like, at least this is what I've experienced, that, like, if, you know, if your bot is, like, offline or if you're struggling with, like, a bug or something, that they can fix it and do it much better than you. Or if your bot is, like, having a little glitch, that they can just easily fix it. And it's not just an easy fix. You can debug for hours on end. You could code for like days at a time, but it's still, you're going to run into bugs and there's going to be issues and nobody can make your bot better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely understand their frustration from there. And also users being like, oh, just restart the bot and it'll be fixed and, and whatnot. And, it, it, and obviously, like you are in the position you are in for, for a reason. Okay, um, uh, David, do you want to wrap us up? Yeah, I think what everyone has said before is extremely valid, which also leads up to a point that people expect everything for free. And they expect more of that thing for free, and they expect more content over and over again. Right, so they think it's cheap to develop a Discord bot. I think that is one of the main misconceptions. But I think that, you know, well, engineers cost at least 50 US dollars an hour. Yeah, so that is not cheap at all. And to keep developing features, to keep developing content, it basically costs a lot of money. 
But most people in the space, they don't really feel like they should be paying for something. You know, they feel that they should be getting it for free. So I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions. It's that everything is cheap. Yeah, thank you, David. Okay, um, uh, I'm going to hop into the next question. This one is a little bit about design and product and, and also coding all at once. Um, so as a bot developer, you often have to wear many hats at the beginning of the project from product, design, branding, to community building, to actually getting your hands dirty with coding. How has your experience been from this? Um, I'm going to give it to Jamie first this time. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. I am really good at, like, at a community management standpoint and, like, the art and my dogs are barking. Sorry. Um, like, in that kind of aspect, I'm, like, really good with it and I feel great and comfortable with it. And then when it comes to, like, actually sitting down and coding and... <laughs> and being able to um, handle the financial responsibilities of it and try and take on like everything all at once, it's really difficult, especially because I didn't start off by being like a developer. I didn't know anything about programming when I started. I was a total noob, and I still kind of am. I know a lot more than I did then, obviously, but um, it's difficult trying to tackle everything at once because you just randomly get this burst of motivation and then you like you feel like a super person and you try and you try and handle the finances that go to your bot not only for hosting but um, other bills that come along with it and then the community and having users be able to get support effectively um, it's just a lot to handle <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Um, I'm going to pass it to David here. I know your team is a little bit bigger now, but I imagine it used to be a lot smaller. Yeah, like, yeah, like, so, you know, back then, I think it was a lot about, oh, actually, it's been a while. It's been a few years. So let me try to think a bit. Yeah, I would say it's extremely stressful, you know, because you've got to do everything on your own, right? And of course, at the back of your head, you always wonder whether or not, you know, you're going to make enough money to cover the server bills. So I think from um, 2016 until actually just the beginning of this year, uh, I wasn't taking a salary as well because that was like pretty much how bad things were. So everything from, I guess, programming to graphic design, UI design, initially I handled everything first. But along the way, I kind of found people who really wanted to contribute to the project as a co-founder. So we brought them on, you know, and they weren't taking salaries as well. So we were basically working for free for like two to three years. Yeah. So I guess I think my experience was a bit more different because I was able to find people who wanted to share the burden with me. So I mostly handled the development of the product and also, you know, uh, DevOps, as well as live operations. Thank you, David. That sounds like a, a, t a total ride there, but, <laughs> but I hope you're, you guys are doing better now. Um, Thank you. Uh, okay, I'm going to pass this to Jonas here. Well, me again? 
Um, yes, um, about the product design question. Do you, do you want me to repeat the question for you? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, as a bot developer, you often have to wear many hats at the beginning of the project, from product and design and branding to community building to actually getting your hands dirty with coding. How has your experience been from this? Um, so how I usually do things is, since Botloader is a very technical and complex project, most of the time is spent developing it and architecturing it and all that stuff. So all the order stuff, I usually just do while I'm laying on the couch. I'll find myself laying on the couch for now, watching something in the background, and then I'll start typing up a guide here and there. Maybe I'll do some planning on something else, do some trying to design something else. I, so I just kind of do that whenever I have time, basically. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, OK, I'm going to give it to Mr. Power Gamer BR. So I like to say that like I'm like the jack of all trades, master of none, because like I do a lot of things. Like I do development. That's like the every, like I love programming. So that's like what I do the most. But in the beginning, of course, you needed to do like the how like example. Like I'll give like a good example. Like I needed to draw the character. I needed to to do the character itself. Like because Zorita is not just a bot. It's also a character. So I needed to like to. To create a design for her, I also, in, at the beginning, the drawing, like I made the drawing myself because like there wasn't a lot of other people that could help me with drawing and also didn't have a lot of money to expand on like trying to commission an, an artist. So I did a lot of things. One of the good things of trying to do everything yourself is that like you end up, you end up learning a lot of things because you need to learn like, oh, how to do Photoshop, how to develop like something. You need to learn programming. You need to, how to draw. You need to learn a lot of things. Uh, but of course, when you start to grow, you can't like do everything yourself. You end up burning out or you're going to take a long time to do something. But in the end, everything went fine and you end up learning, uh, at, at least you end up learning a bit of experience trying to, to handle all of that. Yeah, thank you. I, it, it's totally relatable story there. I think a lot of bot developers do try to like do everything themselves, but it, it, it can be like a quick burnout, like road to burnout kind of. Um, yeah, okay, I'm gonna have Rock um, finish us off with this question. Thank you for that. So, um, I mean, it's quite common, but I am the only developer for the bot. I do everything myself. So, I mean, it, it is a lot of work to do, having to do literally everything. I do have community managers, of course. They are just volunteers, and I could not do anything without them. I have moderators who watch volunteers, which I could not live without. But, yeah, it, it is a lot of work to do, and especially since I've wanted to pretty much rewrite my entire bot since 2019 and it's still not out yet and i'm still working on the website just because of burnout really because after two years i'm like oh this isn't going anywhere so i just gave up on it for a little bit but recently i started going back into it so hopefully at some point it comes out but it is just a lot of work especially if you're on your own i would love to have other people working with me but to be honest i want to be able to pay them and i don't have the money to do that 
but yeah i think it is you will have to balance stuff especially if you are doing it all on your own <laughs> and you just have to get used to things like burnout but try to have a break sometimes thank you this is so relatable thank you thank you um brock okay uh, we're going to go to the next question. So the next question is a little bit about branching out on, on Discord, and I think David's going to have some interesting questions, like uh, answers here. But um, as you've grown your business that's reliant on Discord, have you actually considered the need to branch out to other platforms so as to not put all your eggs on one basket, as, as some may say? Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Mr. Power Gamer BR first. Yes, I have already talked about branching out, but the issue with branching out is like, okay, I want to support another chat platform. I wanted to support Telegram as an example, but the problem is, is that you end up putting a lot of more work. Of course, all of the good developers here may think about, oh, but you can create like an interface and then you can create implementations for each chat platform. So you don't need to write the same command twice. But that's a lot of work that you could put by that. And that work you could use it by like trying to improve your bot on Discord itself. Because trying to do that will use a lot of your time. I tried doing that. I ended up scrapping all of it because it was so much work and everything was so much harder to support. Okay, I need to support a new Discord feature. I needed to do a lot of trying to like to do, it, do everything in an abstract way. So I could support all the chat platforms, even though no one was asking to me to support Lorita on like Telegram or like Gilded or Twitter or stuff like that. So I ended up scrapping. But one thing that I want to do is trying to branch out her brand to other to other like platforms. What does that mean? Because like as I said before, Lorita is just is not just a bot. She's also a character, a character. So I want to branch out her brand by doing stuff like trying to sell merchandise, trying to create content related to her, or maybe even making her a VTuber. Who knows? I st I'm still not sure what I'll do with her, but I want to branch out her brand. Just not like the bot itself, but the brand. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I, I think I, I think there there has been really, really nice branding here. And I and I love your your character being like POC and, and whatnot, which I've told you before um, as well. And I think I think there's a lot you can do there with, with branding. Okay, uh, I'm going to pass it to David. I'm very curious about your answer here. <laughs> yeah, so at least personally, I don't really think it's a bad thing to be reliant on Discord. I mean, I've been here since like Discord's early beta and I've seen how their team works. You know, they really do listen to their users. And as of this moment, I feel that they're doing a pretty good job with a lot of their stuff. You know, so like one of the reasons why we even have a mobile application is because it's been requested by our users based on, you know, our future plans to build a full RPG game, right? And let's say even without the mobile application, I feel that we would be doing pretty okay on Discord. You know, I mean, if you look at games like Epic RPG, you know, they have a lot of people playing that stuff, right? I mean, of course, monetization may be another thing, but if we're talking about, like, the health of your user base, I feel that that is not going to be a problem. 
for us, um, we have been contacted by other chat platforms to release on their platform. Um, QQ, uh, one of the chat platforms owned by Tencent, uh, you know, WeChat, and of course, like some Japanese or Korean ones like uh, Line and I think Kakao. Yeah, but honestly speaking, like I agree with what uh, Mr. Power Gamer said. It is really just a whole nother ball game to build for another platform. You'll probably need to size up your team, and that is not cheap. Plus, you don't know if those other platforms, you know, are receptive to your kind of uh, bot, right? Because the types of people on Discord versus the types of people on another chat platform, you know, the demographic might be different. So I would say I have, you know, faith in Discord surviving as a platform for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, David. Um, okay, uh, next I'm going to pass it to Rock to share your thoughts about being business reliant on Discord and, and branching out. I'm going to be honest, I don't see that as really being an issue as one, Discord is like one of the hugest chat platforms out there. And to be honest, I don't really know any other platforms really <laughs> that I personally use myself. And like things like Telegram, for example, you wouldn't really see a benefit of my bot on that, for example. I was thinking of going to some others, but at the time, I don't really care for them. I was thinking of adding something small for uh, Revolt. That's going to come at some point. But like I said, there's no real benefit to it. It's just more work on your end. And it is a case of is even worth it in the first point. Yeah, yeah, I understand that completely. And um, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I personally have thought about like not moving but like creating like stuff like a mobile app for like concept of you know having the resources available and everything but um i don't know i feel like discord is definitely a like really like it's a platform that i feel like is, is stable and isn't really going to go anywhere for a very long time so i'm comfortable with the bot staying as just a bot but at the same time i also do want to you know maybe branch out make a actual app instead of just keeping it as a discord bot which is obviously like much much harder and more expensive than <laughs> just a little discord bot but um yeah i mean other platforms i don't really see it becoming a thing on other chat platforms um if i was ever reached out by one of the platforms to move it i really don't think i would simply because it's just something else to learn and something else to try and deal with and more costs for hosting on that platform so overall probably just gonna stay on discord yeah thank you jamie and um jonas you want to wrap us up with this question uh yeah so um yeah with bot loader right uh one thing i could do is i could turn it into a more general uh serverless platform the problem there is there's already a lot of serverless platforms out there that I would have to compete with. So I don't really see that as a valid option unless I can figure out something that would make me unique. Uh, one thing I have been thinking of, though, is to expand on the specific service serverless platform thing. Right? right now, I'm a serverless platform for Discord bots. But if I became also a serverless platform for, I don't know, Facebook bots or et cetera, et cetera, Twitch, 
Slack, whatever, like specializing on a single service and providing a standard library and so on and so forth. Thank you, Janice. Um, okay, so the next question we have here is, as your bot has grown, how has it been like scaling your project? How has this affected your tech stack throughout the time you've developed your project? Um, I'm going to throw this question at I'm Rock first. I'm going to be really blunt here, but it's been pretty much a miracle. Uh, I have not really done a major update on my bot since like 100,000, really. Uh, there has been a lot of issues along the way, but I've just been having to throw more resources at it just to hope that it will work. And thankfully, it does now, especially with things like removing presence intents. That helped out a lot. But I, I when I'm making a new version, I'm trying to make it much more robust because since the current version, there's a lot more things I would like to have. And I just want more reliability in the long run. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, Mr. Power Gamer BR, do you want to take a crack at the question? I think my answer is something similar to what um, I'm Rock said, because like scaling is hard. Because like originally Lorita was like a monolith, so it was everything running on a single JVM process. So while she was growing, I needed to do something about it. So what the first thing that I did was like trying to split her in multiple process, which honestly is not hard if you plan it for it, which is something that I didn't do. So it was harder to do that. So like I needed to do those stuff like splitting up in multiple process. So I could do stuff like rolling restarts or if some cluster, like cluster is like a, a process that has multiple shards in it multiple gateway shards. Um, if, if one cluster dies, then I can only that shards are affected instead of the entire bot. So like issues, example, like uh, memory leaks won't affect every single shard at the same time and stuff like that. I think that I think the most, the hardest thing of scaling, in my opinion, is trying to do updates. Why? Because if you try to like, oh, I want to do an update, I have like a pretty cool update here. You try to deploy the update to your bot, then your bot needs to restart. It needs to re-identify and needs to do all of that stuff. And the problem with that is that it gets boring because you think, oh my God, I need to do an update. And if I do the update, the, all of the shards will go down for like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes and so on and so forth. And you get like you you end up oh, okay. I'm not going to do an update today because I don't I don't want to deal with people saying oh your bot is down your bot sucks. So I think the the hardest part is trying to figure out a way that you can deploy updates to your bot without having a lot of downtime. Which it is something that Discord is working on because if you see um, slash comments over HTTP over HTTP, which the name is interactions over over HTTP. You cannot do an update to your bot, at least the slash comments and interaction of your bot, without, without taking all of that time to restart all of the shards uh, that takes a long time. And of course, the session limit, because if you restart your bot so many times in a day, your bot gets the token reset. About the tech stack, one of the things that I didn't change a lot was that originally Lorita was made in Java using JDA. And nowadays, 
She's now in Kotlin. I migrated like three months after creating her because I want to try Kotlin, which also runs on the JVM. So I didn't need to re rewrite everything. And nowadays I still use JJ for all of the, of the monolith code, but I'm, I'm also testing a bit of Cord, which is a library for Kotlin, which I do use most of the REST client that they have because it's so good. So now, now I'm to like trying some stuff, trying to rewrite some things to make updates easier. And so I can like work more on the bot by making new features without worrying about, oh my God, downtime. I don't want downtime, please. Yeah, yeah, completely relatable. Um, okay, I'm gonna pass it to David here. Yeah, I think for us, you know, it was a different angle because uh, we were always, well, pretty much cash strapped. So the first thing that we wanted to do when scaling was really figure out a way to reduce our operating costs. So I think back then we were using a bot library called Eris. Uh, and, you know, like with every shard you run, it takes up memory because people's data being cached in memory. Right, that was like, I think in 2018 or 2019. So we decided, you know, we should build our own stack basically and try to reduce the amount of resources that our entire stack used, right? It would be a lot cheaper in the long run. You know, of course it would be painful right now um, to, well, not right now, back then it was a pretty painful endeavor to basically build your entire own microservices library, but kind of, we went ahead, we did that. We set the foundation for future growth, and that's the stack we've been using all the way till now. Um, we basically cut a lot of the resources that we used to, you know, reduce the operating costs, the server costs, and that kind of freed up a lot, well, more money, you know, to put into other aspects of development. And I think the second thing is also something I don't think people usually talk about, which is the maintainability of uh, code across many different engineers. Yeah, so we previously used a JavaScript, but JavaScript was a nightmare to, you know, um, manage across many different engineers, right? Even with all the linting and whatever. So what we did was we switched our languages to Golang. Uh, Golang itself is more efficient as well you know for those that we needed to you know have javascript we swapped it to typescript yeah so i would say kind of a whole re-architecture of our tech stack you know for scalability maintainability and to reduce costs yeah thank you um okay i'm gonna pass it to jonas uh yes um a botloader is in a state where it needs to worry about scaling right now. It's still under a thousand servers, but uh, uh, from when I was back when I was working on YAG, uh, one of the things, well, one of the things I learned is that you need to hit the database as little as possible. Every time you hit the database, that's uh, bad, pretty much. So throw in as much caching as possible, and yeah. And also figure out how to do cache invalidation, which is also not easy. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, Jonas. I'm going to pass it to Jamie to, to finish off this question. OK, so as I said, in general, I really haven't done much scaling um, 
simply because my body wasn't big enough for that. Um, stuff like moving to shards and um, expanding the database to not being a file system with SQL and it being an actual hosted database. Um, I really haven't done much scaling. Um, definitely it's worth it too um, when your bot does get that big because it just makes things simply easier. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Jamie. Okay, uh, I'm going to go to the next question. So the next question is a little bit about um, staff teams in your community and stuff. As your bot has grown, have you ever felt the need to get extra help? by recruiting your more developers or server moderators to your team? If so, what challenges did this present? What do you look for during the staff recruitment process? Um, Jamie, do you want to go again? Sure. Um, at the moment, I literally have no staff. <laughs> um, it's definitely something that I'm working on because it's definitely needed. Um, having really good support systems and staff in your bot support server is um, entirely needed and makes the process a lot easier for your users if they need help or if they just need something like brought up to my attention. Um, it's a lot, it's like really worth it to invest in it and it makes the user experience much, much better. Um, yeah, so I think investing in staff and having that level of um, I don't know where I was going with that, <laughs> but having staff is like really useful um, and really helps like make the process of being a developer less like taxing because now you have somebody you can like switch, like move the Discord server stuff just like to them instead of focusing on everything all at once. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Um, uh, Jonas? Uh, yeah. Uh, let me think for a second. Uh, so I was honestly fine managing, well, with Potloader, um, I'm still not at the stage where I need to worry about hiring people or anything like that. Uh, so I, I'm still fine with managing everything on my own. Mm. One thing I really want is a front-end developer, but yeah, I, I hate front-end development. That's, yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, okay, uh, uh, David, do you want to go? Yeah, I guess um, so too is, I think, the idea behind hiring more people was really in the beginning just about responsibility. So in 2019, I think I did mention we almost shut down and, you know, we did receive funding from our community. So for us overall, I think there are only two ways, right? You either shut down or you try to grow and try to make money so you never have to shut down ever again. And the only way to make money is to make a company, build a product that people actually want to pay for. So I think for us, it was pretty much a no-brainer. If we're going to be building a product, we're going to be building a company, we would have to hire people. So that was really our goal we wanted to be responsible to our users you know we wanted to make sure that the stuff that they love using continues to survive and continues to be available for them to use so i think um like you're asking what challenges does this present 
I would say finding the right people is really, really difficult. You know, people who share your same vision, people who share the same responsibility, you know, for the user. You know, like the people that we want to hire must really have a full focus on the user experience. They must be fully dedicated to building the best product possible for the people who, you know, really support you on your Discord server, you know, or your Twitter, people who have been there for years, right? We owe it to them that we are here today and the people we hire have to follow in that same vision. I think that is kind of like uh, our idea behind the staff recruitment process. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's super important to find like, you know, people with the same vision and wants to support your community and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to find a team that, that really cared about the vision and, and mission as well. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to pass it to Mr. Power Gamer VR to, to share a little bit about um, their recruitment and staff process. So currently, I haven't hired any developers because I think while it would be good, I don't think that I really need it right now. And because it would be hard to find someone that like shares the vision of what I want to Lorita to be and stuff like that. But moderation is something that is so important, even though you think, oh, but I have a bot. So why would I need to care about moderation staff i care about my bot why is not development more important than a moderation moderator because if you don't have good people in your staff you are going to spend your time trying to solve like oh you need to solve this problem in your server like in your bot support or community server or or you need to like to spend time trying to help people with like questions about your bot when that time that you are spending trying to solve problems like like fights between users in your bot support slash community server, you could spend that time developing your bot by making your bot better. And because like I don't I think that anyone that moderates a server knows that. Like sometimes we are trying to do something and then someone says Oh my God, you need to solve this problem right now in this server. And then you're going to spend like hours trying to solve like a fight between users or try to solve like, or someone is breaking the rules and then you need to solve that problem when like the rules that they are breaking is something so convoluted, something stuff like, oh, the user sent something like a personal information about some other user, but the other user also sent it like months before. So the other user thought that it was something that they, he could do. So you are going to spend like hours trying to solve that problem when you could use your try time developing the bot, make the bot better. So that's why you need to have good moderators on your team. But the problem with hiring moderation moderators is trying to find someone that is, is useful, like someone that you can trust. Just like just like trying to hire developers and other people for a company. You need to find someone that's tr trustworthy. What I do is trying getting users that are ac active in my bot's community server. Because if they are active, if they help users, if they do the, all of that stuff, I think they are trustworthy. I, I read try doing like stuff like forms for anyone. Like, oh, if you want to be a moderator, fill this form and open to everyone. I didn't have... I, I didn't have any good results with that. So I scrapped that and now I just I just hire moderators by by looking if they're active and then I just 
make a form for those activists saying, hey, if you want to be a moderator, fill this form, just so we know that you want to be a moderator, because we already trust that user. We already know that he's active. We know that he's not going to do something bad to our server. He's not going to like to delete everything. So I just say, okay, so if you want to be a moderator, fill this form, and then we are going to just, just so we know that you want to be a moderator. Like the form is just like, oh, fill your, your ID and your username, and that's it. And then I think that's how I like rec recruiting moderators. And I think it always went pretty well. I didn't have a lot of headaches when recru recruiting moderators, moderators with that way. While I did have a lot of a lot of headaches when I hired moderators by just saying a form that anyone could answer. Because someone could just lie and say like, oh, I could do everything good on your server. I can, I can make your server super awesome and you won't need to worry it one bit. And then he, he trashes your server or abuses his power as a moderator. So that's why I just like, I prefer picking active users in the community server. And if they are good, then we put them as a support role so they can't like ban people. They just can help users using our ticket system on our support server by like helping people answer questions about read or they have problems, they can help those people. And then if they are doing a pretty good job, then we promote them to moderators. Yeah, I completely agree with like a system similar um, to you. We, we do something similar at Mimu as well. And I think it's really important to kind of build a trust, especially when it's like a, a volunteer like role where people aren't really getting paid or anything. And, and there are a lot of motives there. Um, so I think it's really important to find people who are genuinely like here to you know support your bot and and here to support you as well. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to pass it to Rock to finish us off with this question. Thank you. So I think I said something before. So for say recruiting developers, I'm not really strong towards that because firstly, I don't really want to hire someone who is just going to volunteer because I want to give them money. Really, <laughs> I don't want to be a type of person who's just going to say, "Hey, you can work for me, even if you want to just do it for free. I'm, I I will pay you." But to be honest, firstly, I I'm perfect perfectionist. And I, I think it'd just be more of a hassle having two people really working on it, especially in its current state. And just, I don't know how to say it really. <laughs> uh, for from moderation, thankfully, no one actually uses the server, which sounds bad, but it is great because I don't really need that many moderators. And the ones who are really moderators on my server are usually just helping out people when they just need help. So in the case of getting more moderators, I don't really need to. And like Powers said before, when you have like an application form, it will be the case you just don't really get much out of it because people are applying just to be a moderator. So it is more of a reputation-based system where if you are on the server, you're helping people out and you want to help people out as a moderator, for example, you would usually just be referred by another staff member, really, because, I mean, it's not like we've got an active community or whatever, so uh, it's, I don't know how to say it, really. No, no, I, I completely understand what you mean here. Okay, um, we're running a little short on time, so I'm going to do one more question, and then we're going to do uh, panelist-specific questions, then we'll do your open Q&A. Um, okay. 
what has been a challenging time for you as a bot developer working with your community? How do you find a balance between keeping your content fresh for your users and taking time for yourself? Um, uh, Jonas, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So, hmm, this is a hard question. So one thing about me is that I'm, I'm a very lazy person. So if I really want some time off, I will find the time to take some time off. Um, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's at least one thing. But keeping your content fresh, we, I, I, yeah, that's a very difficult thing to do. I don't think, I don't really have an answer for that, to be honest. Because as, as the number of futures that your bot has grows, and so on. Um, making it fresh is going to also take exponentially more time to do as well. So it's, it's difficult. I don't have an answer. Yeah, it's completely fine. It is a very difficult question. And I think a lot of developers of all sizes struggle with this. Um, uh, Mr. Power Gamer BR, do you want to share? So <laughs> this is also a hard question. So. Um... I think a challenging time is trying to, like, you want to make new features, but you are held back by, like, tech depth. Tech depth, I don't know how to say that, but it's when your your code is so old and so, there's so much stuff in it that, like, is, is, not, is not good. That you need, like, you need to refactor code just so you can implement new features. So your the stuff that you need want to do gets held back, and your community says, "Hey, where is the new feature that you said that you're going to do?" And you say, "Oh, I can't do that because my code sucks. I need to improve it before." And then people starts like, "Oh, okay." And then one month passes, two months pass, three months passes, and then they start getting, mm, "Where's the new feature?" And then they they get like, oh, I, I'm going to use another bot. So like trying to keep your content fresh, the, the hardest part is trying to make new features in a way that you can maintain it for a long time. Because if your bot gets like a lot, has a lot of crappy code that requires a lot of refactoring, just so you can implement a new feature, then you're going, you're going to get into trouble because you, are, you aren't going to keep up with the suggestions and the new features that you want to make. So users get bored or they get, oh, I don't want to use robot anymore because they're taking so long to create just a simple feature. In fact, there's a lot of features that I'm planning for Lorita, but I can't do it because her code is messy and I still need to fix it. I need to refactor. So I think a balance to trying to keep your content fresh and trying to take time for yourself is just like I said, if you keep your code clean and in a way that is that is easy to implement new features, you're going to have a lot of time to yourself because you don't need to spend a lot of, a lot of time trying to, to, to try to change your code just to implement a simple feature. But if your code is too messy, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to implement new features. If you are not, and that is not going, you are, you are not going to have time to yourself. And of course, another thing that you can do is that depending on the content that you are trying to make, as an example, like, oh, you want to make like an, an event for your bot, like something very simple, like, oh, 
something very simple. You could try making some features for your moderator moderators to make that event. You don't need to do everything yourself. Another example, like, oh, you have like a collectible on your bot. Like, oh, you can buy a collectible, like an item for just like, just for, just for like, it's just for, let me think about the word, just for, um, that doesn't do anything. Like it, it is just something that exists that you can buy just to say that you have it, something like that. You don't need to program that. You don't need to develop something related to that. So you could do something that like a comment or, or a feature, a dashboard that your own moderators could add that that content for you because it does it doesn't require programming it's just like an uh a cosmetic cosmetic item so you you could do something you could you could make other people do the work for you that's what i'm saying you could just ask other people to help you with those content that it would be cool for those users because it's new content even though it doesn't do anything people love that you could just like ask other people to help you with that and then you have more time for yourself, which is something that I'm I'm also trying to strive, trying to make that. Because currently I do everything, almost almost everything. But I want to let other people to help me with developing those new content. So I could have more time for myself and I could spend my time doing other stuff that requires stuff that I'm good in, like programming and stuff like that. Thank you. Um, re really, really detailed and, and great response there. Um, okay, uh, David, do you want to go? Yeah, honestly, I think this question is not uh, really good for me because, I mean, we do have a team. So, like, we do have a team that talks to the community on a daily basis. You know, I talk to the community, like, you know, every one to two hours a day at least. Yeah, because I kind of enjoy interacting with our users. But also the part about taking time for yourself. I think, you know, work-life balance does not exist in a startup. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be working 14-hour days, 18-hour days very, very frequently. And that has been the case for a very long time. You know, when the survival of your team is on the line... There's no taking time for yourself, at least in my opinion. I do work a lot on weekends as well, you know, seven days a week. It's just the way things are until things are, you know, stable, right? So, like, uh, when we were in Y Combinator, you know, I've met people who are really, really motivated, you know, very high, high efficiency, working all the time, and... Yeah, this, I think, is just a common thing in startups. Really, there is no work-life balance. You're really just focused on, you know, how you survive the next month. So, but I guess when I do have some free time, I just, I just watch anime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, great answer there. I, I completely agree here with, with the startup culture stuff. Um, okay, uh, Rock, do you want to go? Uh, my response is going to just be similar to others, because really keeping your content fresh is just contextual. For example, say, Mimu or Rita, uh, you're going to have more of a focus on like timed events, for example, say your recent Easter ones, whereas a utility bot 
all users really care about is it still works. And the case of if you want to make it more fresh, for example, so like mine, it would just be adding more features. And it is just the case of once you add more features, you have to maintain it, for example, or it might just be the case of adding that feature is going to just take a long time. Um, for taking time for yourself, you really shouldn't like constantly hammer yourself down because you are going to get stressed out. For example, you're going to overwork yourself and you can get tired out and it is not fun having no motivation whatsoever. So even if you are in a startup, for example, you still need to have time to yourself because no one will be able to stay sane having no time to relax. Uh, challenging uh, it's not too bad i still have obviously people asking for features or complaining that my bot is paid for but they have to realize that i need to pay to keep it up but apart from that it's not too bad yeah thank you rock um i i completely understand um yeah okay uh jamie do you want to finish this off here what was the question? Could you repeat it? Because I don't know, yeah. like, is there a lot of answers and very, and like, detailed and very good, but also I got disconnected. Yeah, yeah. So what has been a challenging time for you as a bot developer working with the community? How do you find a balance between keeping your content fresh for users versus taking time for yourself? Um, so I think for me personally, I do have to take a lot of time for myself because I'm a full-time student and... Um, also like extremely chronically sick so taking time for myself like usually stresses me out though because I do try and keep like more content pushed to the bot stuff like new and improved ideas like the like stim tools and um how to keep user engagement with the bot like continuous um stuff like that so I think I don't know. It's hard to think of fresh content, especially when it's such like a like a really hard like I like everyone like hmm, I don't like not everyone's doing it, but kind of like a everybody has like a really like new and good idea for it. Um, so it's like it's hard trying to find something new and something um, different for your bot. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Um, I'm going to be skipping the, the specific panelist questions because we're really running out of time and we're going to jump into the open Q&A from the thread. So if you left any questions there and if it, and if it this doesn't get answered, the, the guest speakers are, are feel free to um, to answer them after the panel. But I'm, we're just going to be going through as many as we can because we only have uh, 20 minutes left. Um, okay, from this one is from Igor. How long did it take you to develop your bots? I think this is a bit of a hard question, but does anyone want to um, jump in? I, I guess I will. I mean, for me specifically, I guess, like, you're always developing your bot. So there's not really a set time that you can, like, really give someone. You can't tell them, like, oh, it took me, like, a month or, oh, it took me, like, a year. You can only really say, like, oh, well, I'm kind of still developing it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with, with that set. Okay, um, the next question is from Yui. Um, how did you come up with the idea for the bot name? Uh, who wants to share? Hello. 
I'm here. Oh, you can go. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I completely regret naming my bot Welcomer now. I I bet you can't guess why I named it that though. Spoiler alert, that wasn't <laughs> meant to be the name. I sent the first person the wrong name fight link and I just went with that. So uh, yeah, if I could have, I would not have named it this because... What, what was it supposed to be? I don't know, I was going to call it something completely different and then I just went with that name and I can't <laughs> unchange that now because it's too big and changing it would absolutely ruin it. If I was cool, I'd name it after my username and then I'd bot to the end. And then I can laugh at Carl saying he copied me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, anyone else want to share? I saw Jonas. Um... Ah, yeah. No, I just want to say uh, bot loader in loads parts. It makes sense, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyone else wants to, to uh-huh. share? For my bot, it basically, like, I had this idea, like, it's just, like, Aphrodite is the goddess of love. So, like, obviously, if you're inviting a bot named Aphrodite, you would want, like, love from it. So that was my idea. Thank you. Um, Anyone else wants to share? Okay, I'll hop to the next question. So the next one is from um, iThunder. Um, which, what, what are some tips that you would give smaller bot devs to make their bot better so that it grows more? Um, anyone wants to chip in with this one? Yeah, I think I can do that. So I would say a hyper focus on building one feature, well, one set of features and actually solving a real problem or finding a real want for something. I mean, sure, you could copy features from other bots, but that probably wouldn't get you anywhere. I think like the the idea behind starting a really successful bot means to really innovate and bring to the table something that can solve people's problems and that people aren't already doing. I feel that that's what will cause like you know a growth of your product rather than you know it just being a clone of something that you know 1000 other people have done already yeah yeah i i completely agree here uh, anyone else wants to share here i think that one thing that you need to do is of course solve a problem that someone has but one of the other things that I want to share is something like, okay, you are we want to create a bot. You see a feature that another bot has. Example, like that's a profile comment. You need to think, you, you don't need to copy it. You shouldn't copy it. What you need to do is try to think, how can I put my own spin on it? How can I make it my own? How can I make like... Like, okay, I, I was inspired by that's profile comment, but I made it my own like with my own ideas because if you just copy some another bot people would just think okay your bot has a profile comment but why why would i use your bot if i could just use a tatsu or, or another bot that also has a better profile comment compared to your bot and of course you need to do something that makes you want to use your own bot a lot of people create sm- uh, a lot of small bot developers makes but with like, oh, my bot has like a banned comment or, oh, it can say using the bot or like a say comment and stuff like that. And then they wonder why you, no one uses my bot. 
because your bot doesn't have any unique features. Why someone would use your bot if they could use any of the other bots that also have a band comment or like a ping comment or stuff like that? You need to think about an original idea that would make, oh, okay, that idea is cool and I want to have it on my server because I never seen another bot with that before. And of course, it doesn't need to be a 100% original idea. You can see another feature that another bot has and just try to make it better. Try to think, okay, this bot has this feature, but I can make it better. I can put my own spin on it and I can make it with features that the original bot doesn't have. I think that's the best thing that you can do because if you just create a bot that only has like the every comment that all bots have, like pen or ping or stuff like that, no one will, will user bot they will prefer using a more well-known bot that they are more they trust them not your new bot because who knows what you can do with bot right so like just make original ideas and if you can think about a new idea just think about an idea that you think it is good but you are also able to put your own spin on it to make it it unique for your bot thank you okay um so the next question we have is what is your best source of motivation? And this one is from Spoder. Uh, who wants to take this one? Um, I can go. So like, when someone tells you something, and when you tell someone something and they tell you back, you can't do this, this doesn't work. You really want to do the thing. And when it finally works and you can rub it in the face, it, that's a, that's a, it feels really good. And it's a good source of motivation. Don't, don't tell me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, anyone wants, anyone else wants to take a crack at this one? Um, I think a lot of my motivation comes from wanting to learn more about coding since I didn't really start off like actually being a programmer prior to creating the bot. I only picked it up as I was creating it. So a lot of that is just the motivation to learn more and be like a smarter individual about what I'm doing. And also because my bot is providing resources to people, I think it's really important to be able to help others. And like that motivates me to like create different things for the bot so that I can help others and like make them succeed further in their lives. Extremely wholesome. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Okay. Uh... I'm going to go to the next question. This one is about managing a large bot. So how do you manage a big bot, like community-wise, bugs, issues, etc.? Do you have any tips for growing bots that might struggle with this? Um, this is also from Spoder. But does any of the larger bot devs want to take this one? Uh got something about the like bug reporting really but that's nothing we haven't spoken about already to be honest for example at the moment my bug reporting has really just been a discord channel and I've just been slowly going through it all and then obviously preferably you would have some sort of automatic error correct collection if something happens and then you can go through that as well so uh, with the new version I'm going to try and move pretty much everything over to Jira or something like Trello, for example, just so I can have a proper place to actually store it all and give it proper priority. 
But I think yeah, for like, the moderation, we've already mentioned that already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, anyone else wants to chip in? I guess I can go. So maybe from a slightly different angle. So I think, you know, many times when people report bugs, they face issues, you know, they don't get the expected experience. They become really angry and, you know, they start well being angry in your Discord server. I think, you know, as developers of a product, uh, what really helped for us was not taking it personally, you know, and trying to help them fix the issues without being emotional. Right. And many times we find that, you know, people calm down and they start talking in a more uh, rational manner. Once you get to resolve their issues, I find that this really goes a long way in building really loyal, well, users and community members. So this is my take on this. Thank you, David. Okay, uh, let's go to the next question then. Um, and this is also from Spoder. Um, when did you start monetizing your bot and how did that affect its reputation? Um, I guess I can answer, like, like, be one of the persons to answer. Um, I added a premium, I think, like, two months into the bot because I personally don't work because I'm a full-time student and I have, like, no energy for an actual job. Um, and I just needed the, like, financial help to be able to um, run the bot and keep it online for hosting. Um, so adding the premium didn't really affect my users too much because I always make sure my resources are free to use because that's something that every user needs access to but little special features like a fun fact that randomly generates or um, stuff like that that I made to be like a three dollar pay and your server will like receive these features and it didn't really affect how my users saw the bot because I always want to make sure like the resources are free but um yeah yeah, thank you so much. Um, anyone else wants to answer this? Okay, um, next question. Um, so this is from Ads. Um, what advice do you give someone who's trying to promote their bot? I would recommend get your friends to add it to be honest because it, the best people who you can get to say promote your bot are people who have used it properly and your friends are an easy way of doing that uh using bot lists will help but usually you'd find out the fact that people add bots because they just see it in the server they're in so best way is if your friend has a large server then you are in luck. You can have, get him to add it. And if it's good, people will then add it to their servers and then it will exponentially grow, hopefully. There's, no, there's no, not really a set way other than, say, paying, but who wants to pay to have a Tizer bot? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly because, like, your friends, like, if they can support your project and like get the word out, it's really the best way for your bot to receive a little more like interactions with it and other users to be like, oh, well, this person said the bot's cool and they know the developer, so maybe it's cool. 
I think that's like the best way is to have friends who support you. I also want to add that um, get them to actually use the bot. Simply having the bot sit in a server isn't really going to do much, right? So having it be actively used in the server is going to help much more. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, can I add that something just oh, for, yeah. because I think like, I agree with what everyone say, say, said. You, if your friends can add that or bot, that's a good thing. If they are in a big server, because if they are then to like, oh, I will that to my private server that only has him and the bot, that doesn't help a lot by growing your bot, right? But when I started developing Lorita and I made her public, some of my Minecraft friends, because I had and still have a Minecraft server, they added it to their bot, to their servers. And one of the users had a, had a, was in a big server. So he requested the staff, hey, can we add that my friend's bot? And they added it. And they started using the bot and they liked it. So that helped a lot with growth. And another thing that I think is also good for growth is thinking about like, okay, I'm in this big server. And I see that they have an issue with something. Uh, example, like, oh, um, I was now a real life example. Um, this server owner always po posts his YouTube videos manually. He could automate that because sometimes he forgets to post. So what I did was, create, was creating like a feature that the user could say, okay, I want to post all of the new videos of this YouTube channel to this to this channel on Discord. And I said to the to the staff here, hey, why don't you use my bot to notify the the new videos of the channel of the server owner? Because he sometimes he forgets so he ends up losing some of the views that he could have. And they decided to use that that feature of my bot and they liked it. So I think that one of the things that you could do is if you are on, if you are active on a server don't be like some random people like that says, oh, that my bot. No, don't do that because that's annoying and that's spam. But if you can, if you're in a server and you see that the server has, so like the moderation team has an issue with something, or if the users are complaining about something that could be solved with your bot, or if you could program something in your bot to solve that issue, I think you could do it and then just say to the staff, hey, my bot can solve that issue. If I did it, I could help you set up the bot and stuff like that. But if you don't want it, that's okay. I just made it because I see that I see that you had that issue in your server and you could solve that issue instead of spending your moderation time by handling that stuff that a bot could solve. Yeah, yeah, amazing advice there. Okay, um, we're really running out of time, so I'm gonna like finish finish it off with the last question. Um, so the last question we have here is, what is one piece of advice um, you'd like to leave um, with someone who wants to be a bot developer? And also feel free to advertise any open positions in your in your server or or your project while you're at it. Um, let, let's start from top to bottom. Um, Jonas, do you want to start first? Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, oh, yeah. So what is one piece of advice you'd like to share with someone uh... who wants to be a bot developer? And also feel free to show and and share and share any open positions and about your project. Uh, I mean, it's going to be something along the lines of make something that you actually want to make. Like, 
make something maybe make something that you need and actually enjoy doing it i mean yeah just make stuff really it's the actual answer here which most yeah, things yeah. is just do things right i don't really have anything to advertise either more than my bot <laughs> botloader.io thank yeah. you um mr power gamer vr yes so i think if you are trying to be a bot developer first you don't don't expect that your bot to like blow up overnight it takes a long time to grow a bot most of the time like the growth is exponential so like the time that it took for my bot to get from zero to like um like 1 million servers is way shorter than the time like from 1 million to 2 million so you need to think that like it's going to take a while. Make a bot if you want to. Don't make because you think that you're going to be rich, you're going like to, to be famous. No, that's not going to happen. Like You can earn a lot of money from your bot, but that takes a long time. And if you're, if you're just thinking about the money, you're going to burn out. You're going to like, I don't want to make a bot anymore. So like make, make a bot if you want to. Don't make it just because you think that you are going to be famous or something like that. And another thing is that if you are going to make a bot, make it in a way that makes you happy. What do I mean by that? A lot of people that I know make a bot in like, oh, I will, I will make a bot with like in JavaScript or in Python just because those are the most used language. Even though they already know other languages, they just don't know that there are libraries for that older language. Because when I say like, oh, I use Kotlin or Java to create a bot, uh, people get like, what? What? I never heard about that language. Or when I say Java, they say that, oh, you mean you mean JavaScript? So like, so because I wanted, I made up my bot in Java because I already knew Java and I like Java. Then I migrated to Kotlin because I like it Kotlin. I, I still like Kotlin. So I think that one of the things that we think is that First, if you're going to make a bot, see all of the programming languages that you can use. See what is better for you, what, what suits you, what makes you happy to use it. Because I know a lot of people that were just using JavaScript just because it's the most popular language that they know and because there's a lot of tutorials. And I think stuff to plug, I don't really have a lot. I have like, I have my, bo my bot, Lorita. The English translation is still a bit bad. I'm still trying to fix that. So wait, wait a while while I, I'm trying to fix the language because it's not that good. And I think that's it. I think that's it. I also have my Minecraft server, Sparkly Power, but it is only for the Portuguese. Is, uh, everything is Portuguese, so only join if you, uh, if you know Portuguese. And I think that's, that is. That's it. And of course, good luck developing about. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful ending there. Um, okay, David, do you want to go next? Yeah, I think I really agree with what Mr. Power Gamer said. If you're building a bot just for money, you probably won't get anywhere, right? I mean, if you're not solving a real problem, um, that's going to be a big issue. And I think one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, building a startup is a lot of hard work. You know, it could be one to two years before you even get anywhere. And I think it really takes, uh, well, kind of a special someone, you know, to really truly understand 
or have that kind of grit in order to make it through. Like, what I see a lot, like, I know a lot of founders who just entered, you know, uh, started building a startup just because they wanted to make money. But eventually, you know, when you do have money and you have no other motivation to build your bot or build your uh, product, you'll just, like, you know, stop working on your project and eventually it doesn't work out. So I think, you know, having a motivation other than money is really important. Like, you know, you need to really want to be solving a problem or you want to be building something that people will really use because it's your users that will really motivate you to move to the next level, right? It won't be money. You know, it will be external factors. Of course, money is one thing, but, you know, your users, I feel that making an impact on the world is a much bigger motivation than just money. I mean, that's my take on it. Anything you'd like to show? Advertise? Oh, right. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Um, I guess we're hiring a lot of developers. Um, you can check out uh, careers.tatsumiko.com. Or, you know, if you're not a developer, we're also hiring a lot of concept artists. Um, our team is, well, uh, we're pretty much ex-Final Fantasy and Wakfu developers. So if you want to build a game we're hiring, I guess, you know. Well, yeah, sorry, I wasn't prepared for this. Thanks. <laughs> no worries. Okay, um, Jamie? Um, so the question was about, like, new developers, right? Last advice for new developers in advertising. Okay. My piece of advice is, like, know what you're getting into before you get into it. Um, developing isn't just, like, it can be a hobby. For me, it's a hobby, and I really enjoy doing it. But also, like, you have to really know what you're doing, and you have to keep your users safe, and you have to have, like, a privacy policy and know, like, the, like you know, you have to keep all your data, like, all your data secure. You need to make sure you have, like, the financial stability for it. Um, it's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, <laughs> I'm going to, like, press some, like, letters on my keyboard and, like, make us, like, a great bot. It's really, like, difficult. And, like, have people who know what they're doing help you. That really helped me in the beginning and, like, still helps me now is to have people around you that know what they're doing and can help you if you need it. Um, that's my advice. Um, for advertising, I really don't have anything to advertise other than, like, I am looking for support associates for my bot because my support right now is extremely slow. Even though it's a small bot, there are people that come in who are confused with slash commands. So just feel free to join the support server, and if you want to be an associate, just let me know. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, okay, I'm going to pass it to Rock to finish us off. I'm pretty much just going to repeat everyone else. It's just a case of make stuff that you want to make. If you're going to copy someone else, then uh, you're just going to copy someone else, really. <laughs> the best critic is yourself. And if you want to make something for yourself, then you know what it should and shouldn't have, really, and just make it better. Uh... Part for advertising, really, you could always just add my bot. That would be pretty cool. And Welcome to Seven is coming up soon. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you, Rock. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming to to our bot developer panel today. I hope you guys 
um, learned something from it. Um, guest speakers, feel free to answer any questions left uh, in the thread. There's there's still a lot that that we unfortunately had to miss due to time constraints. But thank you so much for everyone for coming and have a great day, everyone. Bye. Okay, thank you for having me here. Hi, thank you. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Have Thanks. a good afternoon. Or Bye, morning. everyone. Guess I'm nice. Thank you. <laughs> Send a megaphonic in the general chat.